ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Wednesday, June 22nd edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Coming up this hour on Wednesdays, we always speak to someone from the Charleston Dirty Birds, and usually it's Lindsay Webb, affectionately known as the director of fun. She's their marketing media person. But today, instead of Lindsay, we're going to speak to, of course, Chuck Domino owner of the Charleston Dirty Birds, and, of course, Rod Blackstone, the Toast Man, is coming on the program. So uh, looking forward to that. A couple of announcements made today for the Dirty Birds, and um, Dennis Bestine is going to be installed into the Charleston Professional Baseball Wall of Fame. So that's coming up, and Chuck and Rod are going to be with us here in a few minutes to talk a little bit more about that. Also, Steve Blass is going to go in a little earlier than him so Dennis will go in later, about a span of a week or so. So they're going to talk to us about that. So we'll get you updated on all of that. Plus, we'll get your phone calls and text in throughout this show. The phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304 396 8255. You can also find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. So several ways to get a hold of me. And if you're listening to the show on demand or if you're maybe listening to it, say, via podcast, however you're getting it and you can't listen to it live, you can always find me on Twitter. That's a great place to find me. Maybe uh, drop me a note. Let me know what's going on. React to something. So if you can't join the show live, you've got several options there. So, And, of course, while you're there on Twitter, give me a follow. That would be fantastic if you could add to the growing number of followers. I really do appreciate every single one of you. So what's going on today other than – What's happening here on the show with the Dirty Birds, with our usual Wednesday chat? Today is 100 days at Marshall University for Christian Spears, the athletic director. Now, he is tentatively set to join us on Friday, so day 102 he will be on the program. And I had this interesting debate with a couple of people, a conversation on Twitter it wasn't even 100 days, and I think we're getting some movement on this ballpark. He's not, at that time, he wasn't the athletic director for even 100 days. So now we're on at day 100, and soon 101 and 102. We're going to find out in day 102 really what's happening with the ballpark. Write it down. It's happening. Just write it down. Marshall's getting a baseball park. Plain and simple. It's going to happen. There's going to be a baseball park. It's going to come together, I think, faster than you think. It's not going to be built overnight, obviously, but it's coming together. It has to come together because you're going to get into a good baseball conference. And this is a great opportunity to make that push, to really do something special for baseball. I mean, look what happened to men's soccer. You built an actual soccer facility, and good things have happened. Hopefully the women can turn it around as well. And I've got some good feelings about what Michael Swan, the head coach of the women's program, is trying to do. So I think there's some good things happening there. Look at the success that softball has had when the dot was built. Facilities matter. 
if you give facilities a a higher priority, you're going to see some return on that. You got to have good coaching and you got to have good support and everything else, but you got to have good facilities as well. So, baseball is going to happen. It's going to happen sooner than you think. It's probably not soon enough for some, and I totally get that. But Christian Spears will join us, and that's tentatively set for Friday. We're going to talk about a baseball park. It's going to happen, and I'm pretty confident that we're all going to be happy and excited with what we're going to see come to fruition. You know what else is happening? I keep following Doug Chapman and those uh, who are over at the football stadium. The turf is looking pretty good. Keep seeing photos there. So that's a happy, pleasant upgrade to Jones C. Edwards Stadium. I can't wait to see what happens next. Why? I think this is probably the best time to be a herd football fan in a long time just because so many positive things are happening, but that turf really looks good. So more updates, of course, are, are coming out. We'll get the final finished product eventually. It's going to be ready to go here just in time. And I think it's going to really – it does stand out. It does pop. I would have liked to see maybe a different – initially, initially, let me qualify that. Initially, I was thinking, okay, maybe I could get a like a really – bright blazing Kelly Green in that end zone, but no, I'm 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 sold on the black. I think it made its case just in the photos and video I've seen of it. It, it pops. And that's what we're looking for here. And hopefully some other things can happen to Jones C. Edwards Stadium to, to really enhance the stadium, make it pop further. Turf is done soon. Some other things around the stadium that really give it that that standout feel. So that's coming up We'll get that finished product soon. I am looking forward to that. You know what else is happening? The tournament is coming back, the basketball tournament. And the bracket's out today. And so we know that Heard That is going to be a participant. Heard That's a four seed, taking on the Founding Fathers. This is a JMU alumni team. So Sunbelt on Sunbelt action, right? We're going to find out real quick, hey, can the JMU alum hang with the Herd alum? And, of course, the way this thing is set up, if Marshall, I'm sorry, the Marshall alumni team beats JMU, that alumni team, second round, we could see Marshall taking on Best Virginia. You know why that's seated that way. Because there's potential to get that matchup. If you can get that matchup, that's going to be a big matchup. You want to ensure that matchup. You don't want to bracket them on opposite sides and maybe hope that both teams can get to the final. You want to get that early because you want to get that. So I think there's some banking on possibly Marshall and West Virginia alumni teams winning those first-round games. So you're hoping... Best Virginia Marshall heard that. Should be fun. So right now you've got John Elmore, Odd Elmore, James Kelly, Rondell Watson, Stevie Browning, and there's a couple more surprises. We're going to try to get John Elmore back on the show sooner than later so we can hype this up for him a little bit more. It's always been a fun part of the show ever since it happened, ever since we got really a good representation of both West Virginia and Marshall alumni teams in. 
and it virtually saved me during the pandemic. The, the early days of the pandemic when we didn't have anything to talk about. And I didn't want to do things like, I didn't want to do the makeup, made-up brackets. You know what I'm talking about, right? What sports movie is the best? I know it's it's fun. It, it's fun to debate that stuff. It really is. But I just didn't want to, I didn't want to bank on creating content daily, doing brackets. Like I mean, some people do that. Some people do that. Local level, regional level, national level, doesn't matter what level of radio you're at. I mean, a lot of people do those little fun bracket things. Hey, who's your favorite sports music? Who's your favorite sports song? Yeah, I know. That's just not me. I would rather struggle and die on that hill. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. So the tournament when it was... I mean, I want to talk about it. That bracket. Let's let's talk about the real bracket here. Let's not talk about the the made up bracket. Who's um, you know? Because after all, there's only one true sports movie. There's only one true sports movie. You know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, I'm not telling you because we got a guest coming up, and I don't have time to debate that with you. We'll do it later. More coming up, including the. Dirty Birds weekly check-in. And we got some good stuff to get in with. The Toast Man's going to be on the show, by the way. And I already asked if um, he was going to throw toast during this interview. Can I get video of it? So we'll see if I can give if, – if there's toast being thrown, you know, maybe, maybe he'll be throwing toast at me through the phone. Whatever it's going to happen next here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And being it's Wednesday, you know what that means. It means it's time to talk about the Charleston Dirty Birds. Usually, Lindsey Webb is with me, the director of fun, but instead today, uh, we are going to double up on the kind of fun we can have on this show because first of all we've got dirty birds president chuck domino he's with us and chuck good to talk to you again and you've got a little extra security with you today you've got rod blackstone affectionately known across all of baseball as the toast man he is with us on the program as well uh, gentlemen i i'm expecting to have a lot of fun with this combination how are you both doing good paul very well it's Good to have you both here today, and uh, we've got a really great reason why we're doubling up here. Is uh, earlier today, it was announced that former Charleston Wheelers owner Dennis Bastine going to be installed into the Charleston Professional Baseball Wall of Fame that is coming up on Saturday, July 30th. And of course, Steve Blass, we got the announcement last week. He's going in uh, a few days earlier on July 23rd. So. Chuck, if you would start us out, uh, talk a little bit about what all this means and uh, why we should be excited for this. Well, Paul, uh, I guess it's been uh, uh, 2018 or 2019 since anybody was installed into the Charleston Baseball Hall of Fame, which is displayed uh, behind the press box at Appalachian Power Park. We thought it was time uh, that uh, we, we do it again. It's been a, you know, We had a couple fans ask me, when are we going to put the next person in? 
So we started thinking about who deserves to go in and looked at and, and really try to get uh, somebody in there. Myself, I'm a Pirate fan. I know Rod's a Pirate fan, too. We both grew up in the same era uh, from the Pirates. And I was trying to think what Pirate is not in there that could be in there or should be in there. And there were a lot of Pirates in there for obvious reasons. But to me, a, a glaring omission was Steve Blass. Now, Steve did not have a big career in Charleston. As a matter of fact, he uh, rehabbed here. On his uh, when he was trying to get back to his his former self at the major league level and and uh, did not perform that well in Charleston and that was the end of his career. But being this being a pirate affiliate for a long time and the, him being a World Series hero with a lot of Charleston Charlie teammates and then going on to be an announcer for the Pirates for 36 years, and he recently retired. And this being Pirate country, and I know a lot of fans watch Pirate games and listen to Steve Blass for 36 years, I just thought it was more of a celebration of his life as a longtime Pirate uh, player and broadcaster that was deserving for uh, people from Charleston to come out and celebrate him. How excited was he when he found out that he was going to be a part of this? Because I know he's going to be there to participate in this. Uh, was it a, a pleasant surprise for him? What was his um, what was his feelings on this when he found out? Well, I, I first of all, I had to find him. <laughs> and uh, I used my contact, Kent Tocalvi, who we had out here last year, who was also in the Wall of Fame, um, to uh, forward his number to me. And I called Steve, and I mentioned it to him and asked if he would uh, be so honored and if he could attend. And he said yes and yes. And he was such a gentleman about it. And he just said, listen, I, I would love to come down there, and I'll put a good show on for you and your fans. And I said, well, will you do autographs as well? He says, certainly I'll do autographs. Uh, I remember Charleston fondly. And uh, Kent Tocalby was there last year. They're good friends. He says uh, he was treated really, really well when he was there, and, and I look forward to it. So uh, Steve, being a, an 80-year-old guy, and uh, doesn't use email, so I had to put everything in writing and, and put it in an envelope, seal it off, and put a stamp on it and send it to him. And he called me after he received it, and he said, everything here looks perfect. Uh, I'll be there. And uh, he really, truly seemed to be honored and very pleased and, and happy to be coming here. What's been the initial response from the fans so far? Because you're, you're right. He's a voice that if you're a Pirates fan, you've listened to the Pirates on the radio. And that means you have, for a lot of people, you've grown up with him. You've known him only as an announcer. But for some, they remember him fondly as a baseball player as well. Well, you know, last year when Kent Colby was here, <clears throat> there wasn't a whole lot of buzz about it. And I was, I was a little concerned. Do people really care? Is it is he is he past his prime? Is you know the people do the people that come to games are they going to remember him? Well, he had a line for autographs of people adorned in pirate gear for two straight hours. <clears throat> so, although you know they they weren't real vocal about coming out. Uh, beforehand, they certainly planned on being there, 
And uh, and I think the same thing will happen with Steve Black. Now, you think about it. <clears throat> Steve, uh, he won, two, he pitched two complete games in the 1971 World Series. The last, the last National League pitcher to complete a seven, uh, game seven, a complete game victory. And by all measures, he would have been the World Series MVP in 1971, if not for a guy named Roberto Clemente. And uh, I, I asked him about that when I was on the phone with him, and he said, no regret. It was an honor and a privilege to play with Roberto Clemente, and if anybody was going to get the MVP instead of me, I'm glad it was him. No regrets whatsoever. I'm glad to know, to, to have known the man. So a uh, very gracious uh, guy and, and just kind of everything I thought he would be in my brief conversation with him. And, uh, you know, really – really has had a remarkable career, a career where you know, was, he really didn't take himself all that serious in his whole career. As a player, as an announcer, he just enjoyed it and had fun. He just, he's really a throwback, you know, a throwback from a different era. President Charleston Dirty Birds with me, Chuck Domino. You've got Rob Blackstone, who has been quiet this entire interview. He is with us as well, and... I don't know if he's queuing up some toast to toast me later. I don't know what's happening there, but uh, Rod, you uh, you know uh, Dennis Bastine a lot better than some, and he's going to be inducted as well into the the Hall of Fame. And you know, what can you say about him and, and why he is so deserving of this? Rod, are you with us on this line? Do we have you connected? Okay, we're not hearing him, so we're going to try to reestablish that. Oh. I, I still got you on the line with me, right, Chuck? I can, yeah, I can hear both of you. Okay, yeah. I can't hear. Yeah, that's the thing. I can't hear him. So uh, we're going to try to, I'll tell you what, we're going to try to manipulate this just a little bit here and see if we can figure out what's going on with our line. Okay, Rod, do you hear me now? And did I hear you? I do not hear Rod, so I'm going to try something real quick here. And let's see if we got that working now. Rod, can uh, – That might work better. Yeah, let's try that. Me. Let's try that. So we'll put um, we'll put Chuck in the corner for a minute. How's that? Um, <laughs> he's in the corner for a minute so we can talk to you. Uh, so how are you? It's been a while. It's been a long time, I'm sir. I'm doing all right. Life is pretty good. You can hear me now, I take it. I can I hear you now. So life is much better. Um, okay. So I, I asked Lindsay earlier, will there be toast being thrown during this phone call? She ensured me that something might happen. No, no not not yet. I, I don't have my toaster here in the office with me. It's uh, it's out in the ballpark getting ready for the next week. Whenever we're home from Tuesday evening through Sunday evening, climaxing with the biggest fireworks show of the of the year on Sunday night at July 3rd. So I'm getting ready, but yeah, I'm not toasting just yet. I'm 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 cooling my toaster right now, so it'll be ready for the next homestand. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you got to save that. Uh, you got to save that toast for uh, and the mega blast fireworks as well. You got to save all of right. that. And don't eat the toast. You don't know where it's been. That's good advice. I don't think enough mm-hmm. people hear that. Uh, yeah, that's good advice. So this is a, a special time as well because for a moment. You didn't have baseball in Charleston, and all of a sudden it was back, and the Charleston Wheelers, Dennis Bastine, he he makes it happen. He's now going into this Hall of Fame. Without him, we might not have this conversation today. 
Well, we might not be here today, is the honest truth, because back in 1983, whenever the uh, Charlies left town to go to a small town in Maine, thinking it would work out better up there, there weren't a whole lot of people talking about bringing baseball back to Charleston and Watpal Park. Uh, so Dennis had to have the vision, and he had the vision back in beginning 1986, leading into 1987, to try to lay the found work, the ground, the foundation for for having baseball here, and got us an expansion team in the in the South Atlantic League at the low Class A level. Now, Charleston fans were more accustomed to Triple A baseball, seeing Dave Parker play here, and then a few days later up in Pittsburgh. And the Class A era here was uh, was not as readily accessible to Major League Baseball, but we still had a lot of people that went up. But Dennis had to believe in this community and had to believe that he should invest his time and energy into this community to bring baseball back to it. And that led to 33 years in the South Atlantic League with a whole bunch of people that made it up to the Major League level that played here, played against us, and really established us as a legitimate minor league community, uh, again, after the Charlies had left. Now, remember, Charleston was the smallest AAA city whenever it, whenever the Charlies left in, in uh, 1983. And it's always been a relatively marginal market, uh, especially we're the smallest market, for instance, right now in the Atlantic League. So what we went through in the last few years after Major League Baseball decided that it was going to be contracting its teams and a little bit of that uncertainty in 2020 leading into 2021 kind of reminds you of what it w- would have been like here back in the, in the 1980s. Uh, and yet baseball has survived here. So Dennis had to lay the foundation back in the 80s so we would still have baseball here. Uh, he was the owner of the Wheelers for, for through 1993 and then sold to a local ownership group that kept it here as the Alley Cats. And then that led to the new stadium and the power coming in the, in the in 2005 and the Dirty Birds starting a new era of baseball here uh, with Chuck at the helm and Andy Shea's leadership and ownership um, coming to keep base, keep professional baseball here. And one of the things that's great about it is that this year you see an up we're seeing an uptick in attendance across the board and um, and having some great crowds and great opportunities and a whole lot of fun here at the ballpark. So yeah, I can trace it back to. Dennis Bastien's decision to say, "Hey, let's let's get a let's use this old ballpark as a place to uh, start a professional baseball team or resume professional baseball in Charleston, West Virginia, when not too many other people were willing to make that investment." And now we get to induct him into the the Baseball Hall Wall of Fame. And going back to Chuck's point, there was uh, some dormancy on that for a while, and thankfully that's back now because. I don't know if a lot of people knew or know of the whole story leading up to where we're at now. For a lot of people, I just know that there's been baseball in Charleston since uh, they can remember. And for a time, there wasn't, and it's been a struggle to to keep it and to to move it forward with the landscape we're dealing with today. That's absolutely true. Now, I I will say this. My time in paying attention to baseball in Charleston really started in 1990. Um, uh, whenever a, fr- a friend of mine said, hey, this is fun, you need to discover minor league baseball, because Chuck was right. I grew up going to pirate games and seeing Willie Stargell and Roberto Clemente um, when I was growing up outside of Pittsburgh. But it, So it was it was exciting, but I was not here for the, Charles, the Charlie's departure. 
So I can't go back that far, but I talked to all kinds of friends who were here and they know what it was like. And so what we went through after the pandemic and after the Major League Baseball contraction was probably very similar to that. In that time, in the last 35 years or so, we have faced uh, an uncertain baseball future a few times. One was in 2001-2 when Tom Dixon and Jerry Myers bought the team from the Paterno Group and the Alley Cats and said, yeah, we'll... We'll keep it here, but only if you build a new ballpark. And that was not a done deal for quite some time. So we had to build that back. And sure enough, Mayor Goldman and then Mayor Jones stepped up and said, yeah, we're going to build Appalachian Power Park and build a new ballpark so that we can keep baseball here. And so it, it, was, a sa- it was a very similar and maybe more dire kind of uh, predicament that we had a few years ago. But Andy Shea stepped up and said, yeah, the Atlantic League is a good place to be. I um, and I like Charleston in addition to Lexington. So let's keep baseball here and make it work. And Chuck uh, Chuck's come in and helped us do that uh, to the point where we're having crowds better than we had last year and better than we had two years ago. And that means and the crowds in or 2019, the crowds were better than they had been in five or six years. So we're building something back better here. And it's really getting it's, it's really a fun place to be. Rob Blackstone's with me, Charleston Dirty Birds. The announcement made today that Dennis Bastine's going to be installed into the Charleston Professional Baseball Wall of Fame. So what can we expect on that day? What are the festivities? What's uh, what's that day going to look like when it, when it comes? Well, we'll do the ceremony before the game, and then also he will, he'll be here, and I think his wife will be here and his daughter will be here. Um, that happens to coincide with a little gathering that I throw every year around late July, early August, uh, what we call Toast Fest, celebrating, you know, the toast section and, and that. So, and we're also going to be dressed as the wheelers that night with uh, special uniforms in his honor. But we're also got a cap giveaway that night on the 30th of July. We're the uh, tying the two eras together, tying in the um, the Dirty Birds era with the sort of procession of uh, professional baseball that started with Dennis back in 1987. And by the way, one, one other side note for me, this is a personal note for me. And that is that Dennis is the one who first heard us, the little group of little strange band of fans up in the stands chanting, you are toast at opposing uh, strikeout victims. Wasn't my idea. I, I just joined it in and amplified it with the voice a little bit. But he's the first one who said back in 1992, hey, we could make toast at the ballpark, mod the ball game, and uh, plug in a toaster and sit in the front row and wave toast out them whenever they strike out. So that was his idea. You know, something, and, else yeah. he's, you know something else he is famous for or infamous for? I, I, well, it depends on who you ask whether he gets the credit or the blame for it. Yeah, but here, here's something yeah. else he's known for. If Yeah, I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, but he, he signed Kenny Bass to a minor league contract for a dollar. Wow, I did not know that part. Yeah, Kenny Kenny that? tweeted that earlier, that uh, he signed him to a minor league contract for a dollar. And he worked out with him. Um, Kenny's baseball career obviously didn't go anywhere, but I don't know if that's a, if that was a good thing or a bad thing, signing him. Exactly. His acting career has taken off here. He appears in a lot of local uh, Light Offer Guild and other productions, by the way. So maybe it's a good thing that the baseball career didn't work out for him. Maybe that's a good deal. Yeah, that deal. could be. Yes. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. Right. But it'll be a lot of fun. We're, we're, we have some fun at the ballpark every game that we have, and especially with these two, with Steve Blass coming in 
that'll be great for all the pirate fans that are still in this area. And then with Dennis Bastine coming back, it's a nice little tribute to him and recognition that uh, this whole thing about professional baseball in Charleston matters. Brad Blackstone with me, Charleston Dirty Birds inducting two into the Professional Hall of Fame, Steve Blass and then Dennis Bastine. Rod, good talking to you. I'll put you on. Uh, I'll put you in the corner now and bring back Chuck for a, a final thought or two. Uh, anything you'd like to add before uh, we say good night to each other for this week? Uh, no, no, but I didn't. I didn't hear that interview. All, ah. all I heard was your part. Of, all I heard was your part of the interview. But I'm I'm sure that uh, Toastman did a great job. He was fantastic. Uh, he he was he was yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I know, I knew he would be. He said hey, nice things about you too. Okay, that's great to hear. Uh, so uh, both games are on Saturday nights, uh, one week apart. There's uh, what we call the Mega Blast Fireworks Show on both nights, and uh, you know, hopefully the weather holds out and it's been pretty good this summer. Uh, I think they're going to be two fantastic Saturdays, and uh, there's not many. I think we're only playing one Saturday in August, so. Uh, July 30th and uh, July 23rd and July 30th are what, two of the few Saturdays we'll have left before the end of the season. So hopefully everybody will come out and celebrate these uh, two gentlemen with us. Well, it was good talking to both of you. We'll do it again soon, and hopefully I can get a, a better phone system installed so we can talk to both of you at the same time next time we have you on. But uh, it sounds like it's going to be fun both Saturdays. Chuck, good talking to you. It was yep. good talking to Rod as well. Thanks, gentlemen. We'll do it yep. again soon. All right, see ya. That is Chuck Domino, the president of the Charleston Dirty Birds, and, of course, Rod Blackstone, the Toastman, also with us. It was good talking to him as a couple of additions to the Charleston Hall of Fame, or Wall of Fame. I keep calling it the Hall of Fame. It's the Wall of Fame. Either way, it's a great honor, and it's a great reminder to the history of professional baseball in the capital city. All right, we're going to get your phone calls and text in. The phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I know that works. And the text line, I know that works as well. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More is coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday, June 22nd edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and I do take your phone calls, and I do that at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Our text line is open as well. You can join us by texting 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And, of course, I'm on Twitter. You can find me at Paul Swan. I appreciate everyone who follows daily. Or if you don't get a chance to listen live and you download the show, I appreciate you doing that as well. And guess what? You can always find me on Twitter as well and be a part of of the program that way i always look forward to hearing some of your thoughts after the show we had a great interview if you missed it just a few minutes ago with the president of the charleston dirty birds chuck domino and the toast man himself rod blackstone a very important part of charleston baseball and i'm hoping that here soon we can talk about 
the beginnings of Huntington baseball, and I mean with the Thundering Herd actually having a baseball stadium in city limits next to campus, and we can talk about Marshall baseball, and then maybe expand the offerings of Marshall baseball. I don't know, maybe more games at night, maybe more games, maybe adding another component to, I don't know, maybe a short-season baseball team, you know, the professional component to it as well. There are a lot of things you can do with it, of course. You know, maybe use it for more than just Marshall, and we'll have a huge debate on what colors we put on the turf there. We're going to turf that thing, right? It's going to be turf. I'm not doing grass. We're going to turf that thing. Uh, Chris Grassy wants grass at the, at the soccer stadium, so... We'll give him grass, and we'll put turf on the baseball stadium. What do we think? What do you want, turf or grass? I'm going to start that. That's Let's just put that out there now. Turf or grass? For the, I know we haven't even got bre- groundbreaking yet. It hasn't even been announced it's a go. And I'm already pushing turf or grass. I just Let's do turf. You want grass, you want turf. Hey, that could be something we can ask um, – we could ask Christian Spears on Friday, are we going to do turf or are we going to do grass? I'm sure he is eagerly waiting that question from me here. And, you know, of course, if we're doing turf, you know, or, you know what kind of you know, kind of colors are we going to put on the turf? Is there going to, you know, we're going to have, um, you know, we're going to have black stripes. What are we going to do here? All the important questions we could ask. And again, that's coming up on Friday. Uh, when we talk to him, I'm looking forward to catching up with him. Uh, we've got... Hockey action coming up tonight here on our family of Kindred Communication radio stations. That was easy for me to say. The finals resume tonight. Game four is coming up on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We go on the air at 730 with that one. Tampa Bay bouncing back with uh, an impressive 6-2 win in game three. Can they do it again and even it up two games apiece, or will Colorado take a hopefully commanding 3-1 lead in that series? Find out tonight. We've got it for you on our sister station, Cat Sports 93-3 and 13-40. A couple of sad news items we got to talk about today. Just um, really, really shocked to see how fast this is coming. Uh, last night, 26-year-old Jalen Ferguson, Baltimore Ravens, outside linebacker, uh, passed away. And he was a a tremendous talent. Third-round pick by the Ravens in 2019. So he, he died last night. And then we get the news earlier that uh, Tony Saragusa, the goose, died at age 55 and he had a, a colorful career very popular uh, had a media career after and he passes away at age 55 he was with Indianapolis and and Baltimore as well so a uh, tough day in the world of sports uh, for both uh, families and friends and um, followers of Jalen Ferguson and then uh, the goose passing away. Uh, it's it's tough to it's tough to see that sometimes, especially at such young ages. And twenty six. That's uh, 
you get your entire life ahead of you. And then, you know, with Siragusa, 55. And he's not that much older than me, so he's at 55. And, you know, it makes me think a little bit, okay, how many more years do, you know, do we all – and we don't know. None of us know how many more years we have. So uh, I guess uh, it just – it hits at home when you when you see that and hear about, you know, people that you see and then all of a sudden they're no longer there and you, you know, with their ages. and you, It just – it it's tough. It really is. You know, it happens every day, obviously, in life, but it's still tough. And so – 55, not that much older than me. So, you know, it makes you, makes you think a little bit. So whatever you do, make it, make it count. Whatever time you have left, make it count. We'll update you on what's happening with the Pirates. That's coming up tonight here on ESPN 94.1 AM 930. We'll talk about that when we continue here on The Drive. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's our final segment of this edition of The Drive. We do it every day here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Something else we do every day, it's Pirates baseball during the season. And coming up tonight, 640 is going to be our airtime. The Pirates are back in action Let's be serious for a second. Pirates are pretty good right now. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're the best team in baseball, but and it was the Cubs after all. But the Pirates last night win again, 7-1 final. So, in the past two games 19 to 2 as far as the runs. And the Pirates have got some youth on their team. They're bringing some players up. They're showing flashes of what could be to come. And the Pirates are playing not bad baseball. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, they're not making the playoffs. Are they going to be competitive and fun? Yeah, I think so. You remember last week when I was telling you all the reasons why not to listen and then told you to listen? Now they're pretty good. You can tune in tonight here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. They're going to win tonight. They're going to win tonight. I know they're going to win tonight because our guy, Michael Swan, head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, is going to be in attendance. So they're going to win tonight. I, I know it to be a fact. And if they don't, I'm never getting him tickets again. I'm just putting that out there right now. Sorry, sorry, you're not. Nope, they lost. You were in attendance. You can't go. Not by my hand. Not by my hand. So we've got that for you coming up tonight. And, of course, uh, the College uh, World Series is down to four teams. Arkansas needs to defeat the Rebels twice to make the final series. The Aggies got to beat... Oklahoma twice. Oklahoma just needs one. And, of course, uh, Old Miss. Let's just root for Arkansas. Let's just root for Arkansas, okay? I want Texas A&M and Arkansas. That's what I want. I don't know if I really want that, but that's what I want. That's that's the matchup I want. College World Series uh, continues on. So, um, hey, maybe, maybe here real soon we can – we can throw Marshall in the mix here. Get that, you know what? Get that new stadium in a few years. You're playing in the College World Series. It could happen. It could happen. 
I don't know if Sunbelt baseball is going to be as good as Sunbelt soccer right out of the gate. But it is possible. All right, we're done for today. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thanks for being a part of the show, wherever you may be. And don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at any time, at Paul Swan. I appreciate everyone who's following, everyone who's listening. I continue to be thankful for you. And if you could, if you're not following, please do. I would appreciate it. And if you don't subscribe to the podcast and you would like to get the show on a daily basis, delivered to your phone or your device, please give us a follow there as well. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're going to talk a little Sunbelt football tomorrow. First of many conversations with some of the voices in the Sunbelt. And Colin Lacey, who is with the Georgia Southern Broadcast team, joins us tomorrow. Until then, have a great night. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 at AM 930.